0: This episode brought to you by threesidedposters.com. I have to admit, this is one of the best educational tools for guitar and piano players out there. Why do I say that? Because it's easy to use. Side one introduces the most basic chords, while sides two and three gradually make an expert out of those hard to understand chords, like diminished chords. In addition, the three-sided poster is easy to read. Chords are laid out in a pattern, making chord progressions easy to follow. Once you see it, you'll understand how ingenious the three-sided poster really is. The first time I ever saw the poster, I was amazed at how quickly I could understand chord structure and learn some of my favorite songs. This is an absolute must for students. So if you're a music store owner or a musician, it's definitely a game changer. It sounds complicated, but it's not. If you play
1: piano or guitar, you absolutely need one. If you're a retailer, you've got to have these. They're $9.95 retail, they come uh, pre packaged, barcode and QR scan, great markup. Go to three-sidedposters.com
0: and get yours.
1: This episode
0: is also brought to you by Stringjoy, Nashville's boutique guitar string manufacturer.
1: Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that there is a lot more string brands out there than there is string manufacturers, but Stringjoy winds their own strings one at a time in their shop here in Nashville, Tennessee.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Stringjoy isn't about gimmicks or hype. They're just dedicated to crafting the highest quality sets of electric, acoustic, and bass strings possible. And I should know because I've actually got sets on two of my guitars right now and I love them. That's awesome. For more information
1: about Stringjoy strings or dealer inquiries, go to stringjoy.com and be sure to check out our interview with Stringjoy founder Scott in episode 55. It was one of my favorite episodes
2: Welcome to the Music Retail Show having conversations about the musical instrument industry to take you and your business farther
0: The Music Retail Show Today we got Kevin Philbin of Hercules Stands man what a great guy he comes in and talks about their products and how they can benefit you also he's very much into the state of the industry right now and has a lot of words of wisdom you're going to love this episode Check it out, and we'll see you on the other side. All right, man, we are now starting another episode. Yes, and uh, man, I cannot believe how fast the year is going by. I actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna confess something. What's that? I'm. I- I actually played Christmas music at my house last wow, night with my really? kids. Yeah, really? <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of an October thing. I like, do it like one time. Well, you, Not that I'm going to do it While we're tonight, confessing,
1: but, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I listen to Christmas music here around. I know you do. I, so I, knew, I knew I love would,
0: Christmas music. I knew that would land well with you. Yeah, so no, I, actually, I love Christmas music. One year, I think you kept your Christmas tree up in your house the whole year, didn't you? I, a couple times I've done You've that. You've done that a couple and times? I've gotten in trouble a couple times, too, yeah, for yeah, having yeah. it. So anyway, so yeah, so Kevin didn't realize. What he was getting into? I no. Mean, we're, uh... Listen,
2: I'm a big fan of Christmas music. I probably yeah. own more Christmas music than any
0: other kind. Really? Of music. Yeah. My God, Oh, that's yeah. good. That's so good to we're in know. A good company that were there's a
1: kindred spirit here. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. well,
0: actually, on today's show, man, we've got the Christmas fan himself, Kevin Philbin <laughs> yeah. from Hercules yeah. Yeah. Stands. Yeah. Good Welcome. to be here. Thank you for having me. Largest yeah. Christmas collection on the face of the planet. Absolutely. It's big. Yeah. Nice. Very we're cool. excited very about good. that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Hey. Uh, obviously, this is a good plug. You actually hooked us up with these stands that we've been using for a while. For on which the work show. out
1: great they, yeah. they all match yes we've
0: had lots of compliments of them yeah I know and they match your shirt I like how yes. what we're doing it's the black
1: and gold <laughs> it's all about branding boys absolutely uh, yes yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. so no, thank you awesome. so much
0: uh, it's been a big uh, it's been they, a big they help look for the show. tough
1: man they look tough man they're rigid they, they are look all right they can take a beating, no doubt about it. So I'm,
2: I'm glad you're liking them, though. I uh, w- yeah.
1: was happy to send them over.
0: Yeah, this is tip. Would somebody use these for more for guitar and for uh, right kick for drum cabinets, or kick or drums? Cabinets. Yep. Okay, yeah all that stuff. Yeah, well they work perfect here and so, yep. again thank you so much. But well. hey, welcome Hercules Stands. We've heard a lot about uh about your company and everything you've been doing, so I'm ready yeah. to jump into Yeah,
1: it. let's dive in. Yeah. Well, I've actually used your product a lot of time, a lot of years in retail, so it's good to have you here. Great. So, well, let's kick off. Let's we always start from kind of the beginning to let people that are listening and watching uh know a little bit more about you. So, kind of start in the beginning. Tell us about yourself. Uh, Maybe talk a little bit about music, what got you into music and stuff like that.
2: So um, it's funny. My experience with music, I'm I'm a guitar player primarily, I would call myself, but it's funny how I talk to so many other musicians. We have such a common story. Mm -hmm. I didn't really choose the guitar. It chose me. Mm. Do you guys have a similar experience? Like your instrument, did it choose Mm -hmm. you or did you choose it, right? Just. 10 years old, out of nowhere, I heard some Beatles and Led Zeppelin songs, and I was hooked. I had to have you had a to play guitar. it. Had to. So, um, so I've been an observer of the MI industry since I was about 10 years old, and that eventually led me to joining up with Gibson in about 1996. Uh, spent 15 years with them, was in their customer service department, ran that department, I was in sales, I was a clinician, I was a product specialist, and then finally a product manager with them. So wow. I've been around a long time. Um And I know in in your last episode, you were talking about the state of MI Mm -hmm. uh, and how it's changed. Boy, has it changed. I've, Mm. I've seen lots of changes through the years,
1: too. Yeah, I bet.
2: Yeah. So uh, that's my background. I've been in MI quite a long time.
1: Now, what got you from Gibson? Where did you go from Gibson? uh, Did you go straight over to Hercules? Uh, Which is actually, what, KHS, correct? Correct. KHS America,
2: it's one of the brands that uh, they started back in 2002. Now, the funny thing is, when I was at Gibson, I started using Hercules stands right off the bat. Really? Yeah, because we love the design. We love the security of it um and they were lacquer safe you know gibson guitars have been using lacquer since 1894 so we were always looking for stands that would not damage the lacquer in our showrooms or at nam or music Mesa. so so
1: there's, so there's no rubber on it that that activates with the lacquer on it that is correct so all the
2: materials on a on a hercules uh, guitar hangers the stands and uh, you know all of our other products are lacquer safe and while I was at Gibson, they were the only company to contact me to say, we want to make sure this is lacquer safe, and I would send them test material. So yeah. I was, I've was i been a fan since years okay. before I even got yeah, here. Yeah, because what, funny.
1: what's funny is I'm glad you brought that up, because when I worked retail, we had a row of Gibson, and we had them on hangers. And then one day we took them off and looked at the, behind the headstock, and it was kind of melted, and, yeah. the, and I went... Um. Oh, my God. Yep. And that's when I first found out about it. So we had to get these little cloth things and put them on there. So this is good information for all the Gibson uh, dealers out
0: there. Martin, Fender,
2: anybody using lacquer out there, uh, we've been lacquer safe since the beginning. Okay. How
0: long has Hercules Stands been around or Hercules as a company? Uh, 2002. 2002. Yep. Still pretty new. My goodness. Okay. Yeah. I've I've actually only heard of Hercules maybe within the last couple years or something like that. So, uh, yeah. And actually be honest with you i've seen you guys everywhere so great. <laughs> uh whoever's in charge of that's doing a great job because it was you guys kind of came on the scene to my eyes and now i see i literally see you guys everywhere that's so, great yep that's now awesome.
1: how long has khs owned it because we started it oh you did We did so i did not okay. know that i, I, thought that. Thought
0: I was kind of wondering i thought you guys so.
1: inquired it but you guys started it correct
3: Oh, yeah, that, okay. That Tell is, us
2: about that. That's our brand from the beginning. So, again, 2002, um, you know, the, the genesis of Hercules was to basically, and, and it's part of our, you know, our mission statement or what our purpose yeah. is, is to take a stand that was kind of a commodity product forever. You know, every guitar stand looked alike. You yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like owning a hammer. You know, it's just, yeah, I have a hammer. You know, mm-hmm. here's my guitar stand. So, we decided to make them better, um, put some design. Uh, into them, add some security. I mean, our main focus is trust. You know, that is our brand essence—trust. Okay. So that's what Hercules has been about since the beginning. And like, like you said, you, if you're seeing it everywhere, it's it's working, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you see it everywhere because, um, and you notice it on purpose because of the color floor shot. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's a great branding uh, strategy we've had since the beginning. That um, again, separated ourselves from other people. Um, so you could recognize it on
1: stage being used. So, um, again, that's, uh, that's kind of where it all came from. Yeah. So what was the reason for uh, coming up with another uh, stand company? Because there's, there's a lot of great stand companies out there. But So why start another one? I mean, what was the emphasis on that? Well, the market's huge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the accessory market is, is just huge. And,
2: again, we, we saw the opportunity where... Nobody was really standing out, no pun intended, right? Sure. So yeah.
1: uh, it was a great opportunity. <laughs> that to that do went so. over my head. I feel blonde. <laughs> <you know? laughs> thanks, thanks for that. Oh, you're you welcome. Know, I actually needed that.
2: You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, w- it was a great opportunity, and we seized it. You know, we took the risk.
3: Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, and I'd also noticed too that you guys aren't necessarily trying to make the most inexpensive stand. You guys are making a good quality. Good quality right. stand. So you're not the cheapest stand in the market. No. So and that's obviously you're going for guitar players that want something that's going to. You know, you mentioned trust earlier, but also be extremely protect protective of yes. their instrument. Yep, so. that's
2: exactly right. And and it's funny as a guitar player, it, it it just hurts me to see someone on the internet or in some uh, uh, Facebook groups. They get a new brand new two thousand dollar, three thousand dollar Les Paul or something, and they put it in a five dollar stand. Yeah, you know? mm. and I'm like, your guitar deserves so much better than that, right? Mm. Like, oh, I hope it's not eating the lacquer right now. So. It, Again, it's it's educating the market out there to um how a better stand really affects your investment, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Guitars
1: are investments, right? Mm-hmm.
0: We, I mean,
2: we use them as tools to make music. That's what I tell but my
0: wife.
1: Yeah. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so how do you get that message out because it, you know, there's a lot of people out there, especially with the internet and especially yeah. with with people's uh shopping habits. Everybody puts money into pedals, guitars, amps, um, you know everything, but but when it comes to a stand, they're like, ah, just get a cheap stand. Yeah. You know that seems to be an afterthought. The only time I find guys that uh, get heavy duty ones are if if they're on the road, if there's a, an application that they use it, and they've actually seen those five dollar stands with a you know less paw fall over and snap a headstock. Right. Stock. right. Um, then they go, man, I need a nicer stand. So how do you get that message out to everybody to let them know that it's really really important to get a quality stand? Uh, I think word of mouth is still
2: one of the best ways to get the word out there, you know, um like you were saying, you see them everywhere um that helps a lot you know we we have We have artists on board who who use our stands, but again, people aren't necessarily looking at people using stands when you go see them in concert, right, yeah, but it's at events. Right, Gibson's still using Hercules stands all over the place, and I deal with a lot of other guitar companies that are doing so. So, you go to Dallas Guitar Show or the Nashville Guitar Show, yeah. you see Hercules a lot. It's trusted not only by end users, but by retailers as well. Yeah, gotcha. And, uh, right, I work with a lot of retailers and say, you know, I- I'm happy to leverage you in our marketing because that's an endorsement as well. It's a huge endorsement. Mm-hmm. You go to Carter's Guitars, he has Hercules everywhere,
1: and I'm yeah. so grateful for that because. Yeah. Walter knows I got to protect my inventory. Sure. Yeah. You, oh yeah, yeah. Especially with high end guitars. I mean, he's got a he's got a bunch of good guitars out there. So how do you make that transition from somebody who, who I, I've been guilty of it? You you buy the stands that are you know five bucks, six bucks, and whatever, and you yeah. you have boxes of it's them. It's almost when a process. Everybody has yeah. to go and, through and, before uh, you really learn. So how learn. Do you, how do you break that habit of somebody um, and break them into it? Because for me. I'm into quality product. Right. I, I, I would rather have one of something that's high quality instead of five of something that is just poor quality. Right. So mm-hmm. I would be an easy sell. Um, but how do you get into a store that all they're thinking about is price point?
2: Well, there, there's, I have two thoughts on that because, one, your best customer is an educated customer. You, you educate your customers as to why they need this better stand and why it's better for them. They should be able to get it. And really, we're talking about stands. It's not like a three hundred dollar difference between one or the other. It's only sure. it's only a few bucks, so it's not yeah. really that difficult. Um, my other thought is, you know, not everybody's my customer. I get that, right? Good point. Yeah. Um, I get it. A, a kid in his bedroom who's starting out, who's scraping his money together, he doesn't need to buy a fifty dollars stand. I mm-hmm. get that. But if he's buying a two thousand dollars Les Paul, yeah. I hope he doesn't buy a five dollars sure. stand and ruin that. Absolutely. That would just, that would break my heart. You know, as a guitar player, I hate to see that happen too. Yeah. Um, but those are my two thoughts on that. You know, not everybody's my customer. I get that, right? Mm-hmm. In every industry, you have your good, better, best, right? I, I have no problem being the the better and the best, right? Yeah. But uh, again, we're at price points where it's. It doesn't hurt that much, you gotcha. know what I mean, to, to step up,
1: really. Yeah. Do you find yourself in the middle and then the middle and upper end? Pretty much. Pretty Let's much. say upper middle. Yeah. It, de- it depends on the product line, really. I mean, there's,
2: there's some microphone stands out there that are, you know, $800. I'm not making $800 mic stands. Wow. You know? Yeah. Wow. There's some intense... Those actually mic- exist? Yeah. It's, it's kinda like the
0: the cables that going to be Just think of, it's yeah, like a one exactly. directional cable. I mean, who who makes that? Who yeah. makes that and Somebody goes makes it. we're gonna sell this for seven ninety nine. Yeah. My goodness. Okay. Well I'm glad your stands aren't uh seven eight hundred bucks, but we're um,
2: very price conscious too. Um yeah. I mean we realize that um Musicians are buying our products, right? We're not, yeah. it, it, you know, we're not the uh, wealthiest people in the world, you know. Our, yeah. that's, and we're yeah. in this industry not to get rich. Yeah. We're in yeah. this industry because we're passionate about it, yeah. you know. So yeah. I have to be very price conscious about
0: that. So can you go through the process of how you guys made and decided to make your stands? I mean, hey, I've bought. I'm a guitar player as well. I've bought a lot of guitar stands, and man, I'm telling you what, there's nothing worse than a guitar stand that when you want to move it and the legs flop down yep. or yep. the top, the gooseneck wants to fall down, yep. it won't stay up unless the guitar's in it. And I don't know, are these things that you considered when you're making guitar stands Absolutely. and what's the process
2: Absolutely. you guys went through? So you take your generic, uh, guitar stand, it's got like a little tripod, it's got a short leg on the back and it has that U shaped, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the base that's wobbly and the mm-hmm. stands pretty much straight and you have the hook that'll fit just about anything. Um, there were some issues that that needed to be solved and be thought about um, in a way that hadn't really been done to increase the security and the trust. Uh, our, our locking yoke, you know, we have the tabs that come down at lock your guitar yeah. in. But one important feature that doesn't get talked about all that much is our stands actually lean back. Oh, interesting! Okay. The worst yeah. thing for a guitar is if it falls forward yes, on its absolutely. face. Right, that'll, sna- that'll snap a Gibson headstock faster than if it falls on its That's back. That's what happened to right? mine. It's that whiplash effect. Yeah. So stands that, that are leaning back give you an added uh, uh, yeah. level of security, right? Especially on stage, or if yeah. you're moving it around, like you were saying. So all of those things were considered, and especially the materials that were used. Again, you know, we didn't want to we didn't want to build a stand that that, that was eating lacquer. You know that was um, and when I, I worked in the uh, Gibson customer service Department, we'd get those calls all the time mm. and people would be upset that our lacquer was not. Was not doing what it was supposed to do, but I'd have to tell them, we've been using this lacquer for a 100 years. I'm sorry you bought a stand. It's not compatible with that lacquer. It's been out forever. So. Man, Dang, Taiwan. A, I mean, a $5 stand. Yeah, I didn't really. mean it like that, but, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Yeah. I can say that.
1: Yeah. Let me say it. Right. That way we can get back to having some hate mail or something. You right. Know? Yeah. Right. Well, uh, it's... We're talking a lot about guitar products, but, I mean, what other product do you guys carry? We make
2: stands just for about almost everything. Trombones, trumpets, saxophones, flutes, um, you know, mic stands, keyboard stands, DJ, uh, laptop tables, uh, cell phone holders, uh, tablet holders. Um, Yeah, I was
0: noticing the artists on your page, you know, you kind of think, I was thinking guitar players, but, my gosh, the artists on your website had... Everybody, I mean, trombone players, oh, yeah. you know, you know, brass players, keyboard players, yep. and you're like, oh, yeah, Trommers. that's right. Stands yep. are for everything. Everybody, yep. So you're right. The market is absolutely huge. Yep. Now, so you
1: design that stuff or? or No.
2: Um, so I've been in, in this position starting this year. Okay. Uh, but again, I've been a Hercules user for, gosh, almost 20 years now. Yeah. Um, But we have a design team over in our headquarters in Taiwan, and and we communicate back and forth. So it's a collaborative process, but our design team over there, they're awesome. Mm. Um, They came up with all these designs beforehand, and uh, something I want to do in the future is kind of bring them out into the spotlight more, because I think they have some killer ideas, and no Mm. one knows who they are. Yeah, what are some of those ideas? Well, the the guitar stands with the um, auto-lock, with the folding uh, lockable yoke. I mean, this tripod with the mm. swivel legs and we have a mic stand that does, does the same thing. And if you look at our designs, they are just different, mm-hmm. you know. So that's where I, I love our design team. They they took, again, a commodity product in, in most cases and said,
1: we need to do this better. Let's, let's build a better product. How much does the consumer play into it? I mean, do you guys get feedback from consumers oh, yeah. or um, are you guys looking into the market and seeing what the trends are and yes. going – hey, in three years, we've got to come out with this product because it's taken off and yes. stuff like that. And so we, we
2: survey consumers all the time. Um, and uh, we collect feedback for future products that are coming out. We see opportunities all the time. In fact, we see more opportunities than we can possibly handle in the next three years, right? Because <laughs> mm. things are changing so much, um, especially with uh, device holders. You know, the sizes of Apple products change almost every other year. You've got to yeah. keep up Interesting. with that, right? Interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, in the past few years we 've surveyed tons of guitar players and horn players about what their use is and what they think about Hercules compared to other brands things that every brand should be doing anyway, but mm-hmm. of course, talking to consumers is uh, a huge part of that, especially mm-hmm. at events. Um, I collect data from uh consumers at events all the time, really oh,
1: yeah, really yep now, how does social media play in with you guys? I mean, is that something you know because there 's a A lot of videos out there with consumers in their bedroom. Do you pay attention to what's going on in their bedroom of where they're putting their stand? Oh, yeah. You see a lot of people just lean it up against a bed, up against a dresser, and, (laughs) you know, just, just because that's what you do. I mean, so how do you how do you work with that? And, 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 and well, that's part of the
2: education process too, of educating your customers. Um, I, I'm on some forums and message boards, and I'll see again people posting pictures of their brand new, beautiful, custom mm-hmm. shop guitar. Rivers made, and I see it in a stand. I hey, you might want to either wrap that in yeah. cotton or just—I'd hate to see your guitar ruined. Yeah, you don't have to go out and buy a Hercules stand. That's not why I'm telling you. I'm just talking one guitar player to another. Sure, yeah, sure. Do sure. something to protect that. So yeah. the, the the education of you know, uh, of investing in a better stand is is part of that as well. Um, but the other part of your question, how, how do we handle social media? Um, yeah, we're big believers in social media. What a great tool to have today that I really didn't have years ago, mm, right? And, yeah. and this goes for everybody, every brand, every dealer. It doesn't really cost you anything. You have to be in that game or else yeah. you just – you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have to advertise in newspapers anymore, take out radio ads like I did, or, or you know, pulling back a little bit on my print ads. Uh, although next year I'm actually going to be doing some more print um, because I don't think print is dead. Um, but social media is not dead and yeah. it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big believer in that. And, and third, which people don't really talk about as much anymore, is email. Email really? is not dead. Explain that. In mm. fact – I think email is probably stronger than it's been in the last few years. I just got a report it on is. it yesterday, too, and it was just amazing. Like, you ask people, how how do you get your news? How do you get your information? Everybody will say some social media apps, but I think email is so ingrained in our everyday lives, you almost forget how it important
1: it is. Oh, it's
2: huge, right? yeah. And last episode, you were talking about. Um, If if you feel like you're stuck and you need to do something as a retailer, Mm. email. Start Mm. with your email. Grow your audience, right? Mm. Um, Getting an email list together is so easy. You could use MailChimp, right? Um, MailChimp or Constant Contact. Those are probably the two most popular uh, email platforms out there. You can get a free account. Start collecting information on who your audience is. How do you grow your audience? Give something away. Okay. Right? So we do sweepstakes all the time where I might give away – we did one recently where we gave away a bunch of pedals because we were doing uh, surveys on guitar players, right? Oh, cool. So – but to enter the uh, sweepstakes, you sign up for our email list. So I'm growing my audience right there. And now I can communicate with them. and come out with my – we launched a new series of guitar stands uh, at Summer NAM. I let them know about it by sending them an email, and it really didn't cost a thing.
3: Yeah.
1: You know? Now – here's something that i struggle with here because um as our company we do a lot of videos i mean we sit, we do each salesman does 3 videos a week and we, and i'll do some for the company so at some points we're doing 45 to 55 videos in a month something that i have a conversation and they can attest to this is i would say let's be careful not to invade their inbox right and that's kind of a terminology oh, a that, I've, that i've i've got invade their inbox how do you feel about that is, is when do you know too much excellent uh, question. Uh, where, where you're just sending too much information to then you actually turn people off what's that balance to you so you have to ask it don't think about how you wanna
2: communicate with your customers. Think about how they wanna be communicated with. Okay. Okay. So if you look at it from that point of view, how much email do you want to get from one brand in a week? You know, start there. Yeah. I don't want to be inundated with and I do, there's some brands out there, I get something every day. But sometimes it's relevant mm. so relevant to me that I'm clicking that on an okay email every day. Yeah, Other yeah. people, yeah, 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 yeah. It's See, the same yeah. old same old song and dance. But that's again the importance of knowing Collecting your audience data and then segmenting and knowing who your audience is. So if you have an audience of guitar players, I'm just going to send them guitar content.
1: Interesting. Right. And you divide it up and separate sure. customers.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's good. Yeah. Focused, yep. focused data.
1: Right. Say if I come out with a banjo
2: stand, I'm not going to send that to my DJ segment of my audience. They're, yeah. they're not going to care about it. Yeah. That, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I, actually, to be honest with you, there's probably two or three different companies that I will – typically only access their website through email. Because you know I've signed right. up for something. I'm interested in what their product is. I see it come through on an email, and I'm like, hmm, I'm interested in that. I click on it. Yeah. And so that I, I, so to attest to what for you're brands saying, and well, yeah, I yeah. think it happens. It happens quite a lot. I would not have went to their website if I you didn't, didn't get, get that, that email, email right. So you,
2: they, you, they would have rely on you thinking, oh, I need to go to their website. Which yeah. Doesn't really happen that much. It anymore. doesn't happen
0: as much <laughs> as you would think it would happen.
2: No, I mean, you know, there was there was a thought process where your website
0: is your hub, and people yeah. put
2: so much money into their websites, and it's like, I don't think that's the same anymore.
0: Well, and then you have no audience. You have a great no. platform with no audience. Yeah, you need yeah. to bring people there. Yeah. Man, no, we I should agree. have talked about this a little bit on our last episode, too. So this is we're talking like about a continuation. Now, that's right. I'm telling you, you <laughs> guys right. energized me in your yeah. last uh,
2: <laughs> uh, episode. I loved it. I mean, you were covering some really good topics out yeah. there. I think are yeah. helpful to people.
1: Well, I'm really intrigued with, with the email thing that you're talking about, because I think... Even though we're talking about it business to business right here, there's a lot of people that are, that are our customers can also think about their customers. So they can take what we're talking about and then just kind of apply it to their life. So I think it's yeah. good stuff that will go around. Um, because that's something that I'm intrigued with, when is enough enough? Because, you know, just yesterday I was going through my, my email and I was just deleting stuff. And I was like, God, I wish they wouldn't, wouldn't send me so Have much Have you ever stuff. been
2: asked by a company how much is too much?
1: You I don't
0: know. know if I've ever been no. asked.
1: No, why not? And, well, I agree with that. And and what kind of content are you looking yep. for? Um, yeah. Because that's important. Because like you said, I think it's awesome that you separate the categories of people that you deal with because that way you're not burning people yeah. out and you're not yeah. invading their inbox because they're like I don't want to I don't care about this product. Yeah. I care about this product in the line but not this product. And then that way you're focusing in on those people and then you're always retaining their their uh, attention. I think that's brilliant. Well,
2: once you once you
1: have those people on your list, you don't want them to leave. Correct. Cuz they can unsubscribe. Mm-hmm. Correct. You have to give them an option on I was doing it yesterday. I agree with you. Right. Yes.
2: So uh, sometimes uh One of the lists that I had when I was um, in the Markham role at KHS were uh, school music educators. That is a very, very finicky, tricky list. So I was always making sure I was giving them good content and not trying to sell them anything. Gotcha. Hmm. You try to sell them something, they're out. Gotcha. So I always made sure I was giving them either free music that we were putting the scores together, or um, I found some great um, um, pieces of just... Content out there that was – it was like a – there's a, an automatic seating chart out there somebody made on the internet that you can plug in. How many chairs do you want the music stands? And you can plot out your entire uh, seating chart. Mm. Sent that to all my educators. Look Ooh. what I found for you out there. Wow. Yeah. Send that kind of content out yeah. to your audience, too, and they'll appreciate it. And they found that valuable. You, well, yeah, because you don't, yeah. don't
1: have to always aim for their wallet. Correct. Right. Aim
2: Correct. for their heart. Absolutely, we're I agree all with musicians, that. right? So mm-hmm. let's, I agree with let's that. treat each other like yeah. musicians, not just another. Well,
1: I think that gets them to where they almost have a little bit more loyalty to you, or and more acceptance, and they partner. You know, they they feel safe around you, right? Because I think a lot of times, you know, especially in the sales world, we want to sell. That's mm. that's what we focus on, right. and we don't want to be friends. You yeah. know, uh, Nate was talking about when you walked in. Can you smell that? We're going to have tacos today. There's a handful of people that are going to show up that are customers, they're in the music industry, they're whatever, whatever. Because what we do is we just say, hey, come hang out with us. Right. You know, so we never – I'm not going to sell them anything. I'm not going to try to. But at that point, when you feed them and you make them part of our family – Then there's a loyalty to where they're like, man, I want to buy some guitars. Or I want to to spend some money with you. I want to deepen the relationship. Absolutely. And that's kind of what you're saying to me.
2: And and you hit on something before when you said our industry. It's it's funny because I've always felt that I'm not in the MI industry. I am the MI industry. You Mm -hmm. are the – we all are. We are in this together. And sometimes we treat each other like there's this big wall between Mm -hmm. supplier and retail. No, we're – we need to be successful together, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that needs to be talked about and, and um, preached more.
1: Yeah, right. Well, I, you know, it's it's interesting you bring that up, is because one thing that I think it's uh, naive on my part in a way is the relationships that I have developed with a lot of these people. Um, the walls have come down. Right. I've seen the walls come down to where you can hang out and have conversation. And uh, sometimes it's not even ever talking about business, but it's talking about relationships. That's right. And it's amazing when I go to a winter NAM show or a summer NAM show, the people, if I actually pointed out everybody that I know, I would be there all day. It's like a
2: reunion. It is. Same for me. Yeah? It is.
1: And it's all about relationships oh. to me from guys when I was in retail, you know, and moving all the way up through the ranks and 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 the depth of the relationship you know and it's amazing is is as I never ever approach things of as uh salesman to salesman or 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 business to business right. it's all relational and oh by the way I gotta buy something to stay in business. What do you got? Right. And then after we're done, then we do business. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I think we're missing that. I think we're missing that in the industry. Oh, well, I, I tell you what—that's been exciting—is—is is Ian uh, and and Nate. Last year we went to the the winter show. It was hugely exciting for me because I've seen... Now we're getting way off topic. But it's bear okay. Away. We're having a real conversation. Uh, uh, I've I seen a change in the garden. We've brought this up mm. to where there's, there's not these people that are as bitter and jaded and tired of the industry. There are people that are excited about the industry, and they're the, they're the future of the industry. Right. And, man, you talk about exciting for me because in the years past, I've gone... And I sit there, and in my head, I'm like going, God, I wish these guys would shut up, because they're talking about their I hate Nam, and all these people are here, and I can't wait to go home. And I just want to say, retire. Don't be here. Don't feel stuck. Because I enjoy the industry. I know, I I enjoy the community that we have built, and I want it to get better. When I go to the Summer NAM show, I walked in this last year and I go, "Man, this is killer." I had it's one of gotten the best bigger. Summer NAMs this Absolutely. year that I'd had in a long time. Absolutely. Yep. That's great. Loved it. It was a it was a, a awesome show. It's getting bigger. Right. People are excited. And and you're right, we are the industry, and that's something that, you know, I've brought up a, a, you know, I want to talk about in the in the months to come is, you know, we are the industry. We're the next generation. Yeah. I can no longer sit there and blame it on anybody else. Right. I've got to sit and look at myself and go, This is how crap. it's done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm the one that's helping making decisions, and I've got to make good decisions. I've got to study more. I've got to read more. I've got to listen to older people that are kicking butt in the industry and learn how they're doing it. I've got to make sure I check my attitude right. I've got to make sure that I'm thinking about positive business. There's so many things that I need to work on that it's exciting. It's no longer just sitting here going, oh, I can't wait to go home, or oh, geez, this guy is driving me nuts. It's all about the excitement of the industry, right. and I think it's awesome. I'm getting excited right yeah. now. Do
0: so. you, Do you think though uh, we we talked last our uh, last episode, and you've brought it up too about social media? Do you think social media is helping make connections, or do you think it's also contributing to keeping a separation that people are thinking they're connecting, but there's still that digital gap? Between the, the the you know the, the the artist and the and the retailer,
2: no, I, I think generally people do feel much tighter connected to who they're um, talking to on social media. It, it, it depends on how it's being handled, I guess, by the, by sure. the brands or, or, or the stores. It could be such a powerful tool where you are connecting and interacting and engaging with your customers in a way you just couldn't do before. Yeah, um, I think it's a huge help. Some, something I, I think you touched on in, in the last episode was, so I, I spent some time out in the field as a, a regional sales manager, and I did some inside sales too, and the old thinking was, uh, a, a retailer would say, "You know, in my area, people don't really like that mm. stuff." No. Mm. I was with oh, lines, hear it all the time. Yeah, was yeah. Oh, six, oh, all all time. Yeah, yeah. So it was a line six yeah. rep. guy, oh, people in this area they don't like that digital stuff. Uh, and I'd say, "We what can't is sell your strats." Area? What is your area? Yeah. Yeah. Your area is only limited by what you think it is. Oh Absolutely. yeah, you know you have the whole country to sell
0: to. There's our episode right there. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no,
1: I, we, we, you know I agree with you. I mean it's 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 kind of it's hard sometimes because emotionally you don't know where you want to go with this. Because sometimes you just want to chew people out. And I'm being honest here. Yeah. Is you know uh, Nate knows who this guy is. There's a gentleman in Kentucky, and he says I can only sell dreadnought guitars. And I said, no, you could sell more than that. No, all I can sell in my area is Dreadnought guitars because it's bluegrass country. And I said, here's a model I want you to try, Grand Auditorium. I said, it's for small frame, easy to play, blah, blah, blah. Just buy one of them. And I said, it's only this price. And he said, okay. And he bought it. After that, he calls and he goes, do you got any more of those? And before long, every order. And then he started getting into concerts and all this stuff. And then he 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 knows he opened up profit centers in his company because he wasn't stuck just selling dreadnoughts. Yeah, he could sell he could sell grand auditorium. He could sell grand concert. He could sell anything. Yeah, it's just find the right customer for the product. It no longer do you you're just stuck in bluegrass country, right? Whatever that means.
2: Whatever that means these yeah. days. You know, I mean, it's. People have access to everything now, globally. You know, they're not just stuck in one. Well, people,
0: I think people get to the point where they just don't want to sell things. Yeah, you know, it's just like uh, yeah, you you just you know, I like playing Dreadnought. I'm in my lane. I'm doing. That's exactly right. right. And so, I think a lot of people. And we've actually had several episodes where we talk about you got to get outside of your comfort zone. You know, you've got to. You know, you can't just sell the things that you like. You have to find out what does your customer want. And of course, that situation. He had that customer. He just yeah. didn't want to sell it.
1: Well, I'll tell you another. This is a funny story, and we're getting way off, and we'll, I'll kind of correct us back here. But I had a customer that uh, um, actually, Nate. it's Nate's customer now, and he's, he's, he's a funny guy. And uh, politically, we're on the opposite page of each other, but we can communicate and tease each other, and it's fun. Good, you know. See, so he's one of the few that don't vote the way I do that I can harass, and he can <laughs> right. harass me. Yeah. You know, so it's fun. So one time he said, um, he he said, man, I need to buy I need to buy some guitars, and I was telling him about a jumbo. And he said, and this is a true story, by the way, because it, I think it's kind of funny. He says, man, I can't sell drum, jumbos. And I said, yeah, you can. His name's Mark. I said, Mark, you could sell jumbos. And then he was, he was uh, no, nah, I can't. And I said, just buy this, because you're going to love it. So he gets the guitar. And then I said, what you need to do... And and, and now I'm gonna get hate mail for this. Now I said what you need to do is you need (laughs) to get richer. I said there's gonna be there's gonna be a a female walk in. This is where it's gonna get uh, Mm. like I said hate mails coming in. I could feel it. I said she's gonna be a big girl and there's not gonna be a guitar for you. Give her a jumbo and she'll look petite in it, comparable. And he was laughing at me. He's like he's like dude, you're just trying to sell me. And I go yeah, I am. But it sounds good, don't He, he goes, yeah. yeah, it does. girl walks in. He said she was pretty as all get out, but she was a big girl and was looking for a guitar. And it's stuck in his head what I said. So he grabbed a right. jumbo, gave it to her. She played it, fell in love with it, bought the guitar, and loves him, loves his store, loves the guitar. And he goes... Dude, I sold that jumbo to a big girl. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> well,
1: so, sometimes you got to know your customer. All, all you types of people
2: need guitars. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I'll tell you another quick story. So, and, and this wasn't this wasn't my my dealer. This was um, uh, uh, someone that worked in our, our sales department who, who, when I was much younger, would teach us some tricks. He had a store where they they didn't want to sell uh, Flying V's or Explorers. Right, they're too mm. crazy of a guitar for me. Mm. So I'll tell you what? what. Let's bring a couple in. I'm going to set up a mirror, full length mirror. Anybody who comes in, you put that guitar on him and stand them in front of that mirror. Mm-hmm. That guy started turning flying Vs like crazy because people were standing in wow. front of that mirror going... Whoa! I look like a rock star. Oh, that's um, funny. One mirror probably sold seven flying V's in a year. Wow, Isn't that' cool.
0: Yeah, yeah that's no, very that's cool. cool. Yeah, well, that's just being creative. Yeah, so. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I guess you got to find ways to relate. I mean, obviously, he had that customer walking in a store; he just didn't know how to do it. Right. So he just kind of had to figure it out. Yeah. So mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. cool. Well, let's get back to stands, okay? Because that's what you're here for. We could probably talk for a couple hours on right. on random stuff, and and you never know, we might. Flagship. What's your guys' flagship stuff? I mean, uh, so people out there listening, and they're thinking, where do I start with Hercules? I, I like the idea of getting some quality stuff in here. Right. Um, I have good stands. I want some great stands. I want some uh, company a company I can stand behind that, that my customers will enjoy. Maybe they're buying it on the Internet instead of walking in a store because somebody doesn't have it. So what's some good flagship uh, pieces that you have? So the core products
2: here in America are a little different different than the the rest of the world but we'll we'll keep it usa uh guitar stands the gs 414 b plus that's my number one skew um it's it's like an industry standard now uh hmm. we just upgraded all of our guitar stands and hangers we we made the yokes a little bit wider so now you can put seven string guitars on there five gotcha. string bass six string bass and and we and we include these uh we call them nina cuffs so they're actually they they uh They decrease the gap that you can put on there, so now you can hang a mandolin on there or a banjo or something with a very narrower nut width than a guitar. okay. So we took all of our existing stands and hangers and and put the new yoke on them. So those are the Plus series. So the GS-414B Plus, that's that's our standard. And then the corresponding hanger for that is the GSP-38WB Plus. Nice. And
1: explain the hanger. Are you talking about the wall hanger? Right.
2: You can yeah. mount it on a wall. Um, comes with a set of screws. Um, but we also have – and that's a, a wood base. Uh, we also have a metal base hanger. That's my favorite because it actually has three screws. Oh, okay. Ooh. And usually what I what I ask people to do is if they're going to display a bunch of guitars, get like a one by 6 nail that into your studs, and then you can put your hangers anywhere. You don't yeah. have to find a hanger per guitar so yeah. you can fit more guitars yeah. on the okay. wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's another uh, Quantity-wise, that's my top-selling SKUs. Uh, so you're seller. finding that a lot of people are buying hangers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. For display in their house, they're going to they're gonna show 10, 12 guitars. So, oh, yeah. yeah I mean, a house with guitars
0: hangers. hanging in. It's a good house. It's oh, a happy yeah. house. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it is a happy so house. So do you have stands for all-stringed instruments?
2: Yes. and uh, a matter of fact, on November 1st, probably a few days after this uh, airs, uh, we're going to come out with a line of ukulele stands. Interesting, really? Yeah, so you can you can fit a ukulele on the new uh, Plus series stands I talked about, but it's it's a pretty tall stand. Our ukulele stand is is shorter. It's made specifically for ukulele or a mandolin. Really, you can fit on there too. Yeah, um, uh, and we found out a, a Vuela will fit on there too. Some mariachi instruments that don't fit well on most existing okay. stands. Yeah, uh, and there's going to be two uh, hangers for the ukuleles as well. There's going to be a wood base hanger, a slat wall hanger. And what's new for us is a clamp, a hanger clamp, which is pretty neat. Explain Uh, that. I probably should have brought one with me, but uh, it'll be online soon. Um, So you can clamp now a ukulele holder to, say, your mic stand.
0: Oh, gotcha. So I if see. you're singing that's and you a have a ukulele, idea. Go right on your mic. Stand. Yeah, it can go a on a guitar stand. Idea. It
2: can go on a guitar rack. It can go on drum hardware. It, it, it can clamp to the deck. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's a good that's idea. Yeah. 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 And it's built like a tank. I mean, you yeah. see how these are built. It's yeah. built like this. It's built like a tank. That's a good Extremely idea. Extremely adjustable. You can adjust it in any angle, any way you want. So that's a cool product. We have so how cool.
1: long do you think the ukulele craze is going to continue? Because I don't know. It's been, <laughs> going, it's, it's been going on for yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing seven years, and I could be way off. I think off. it's longer. Is it? Yeah. I because, think it's a little longer. I remember, I remember when it really started picking up, You know, we were just all betting how long it was going to last. And, and, man, it is not going Again, nowhere.
2: it grew, what, like 13% last year, according it, to the music I Did change. it really? Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. I was looking at one of the recent magazines, mm. and almost every page had ads uh, from you companies. Yep. And I was like, it's not slowing down. It's yeah. not slowing down. Yeah. And
2: the interesting thing is, yeah. so we own two ukulele brands at, at KHS America. Mm-hmm. so Which are? Uh, Kohala and Lanakai. Kohala is okay. like our entry level, and then Lanakai is for a, a more serious yuka- gotcha. uh, player. Because, again, we're talking seven years. Is it ten years? We're, we're getting a lot of people who are becoming advanced players, and they don't want a
0: $99 pink ukulele. Are you ukulele selling anymore. a lot of those? Yes. Okay, I've always wondered how well experienced or, or or nicer ukuleles would sell.
2: Right. Well, it's not as much the, the velocity changes as the price point. Oh, of I'm, course, sure. Right? I'm sure. But yeah, um, yeah the Lanikai ukuleles are geared again towards the pro player. Okay. Fishman Pickup systems in there, and you know uh, all sorts of. But nice you're seeing a good day.
0: translation of inexperienced yep. to experienced yep. ukulele players. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Well, maybe well, it's not going to die. But I,
2: I, here's a funny story about when I knew the ukulele market was big, and this is going back maybe eight years. I was in a store, and I remember seeing Black Sabbath for ukulele.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs> like, wow! <laughs> wow! War pigs. There's a no. market for that. Guess, <laughs> wow! Right? Yeah.
1: Now that's interesting. Man, I I'm going to look that up just yeah. for fun. Hey, so here's a here's a serious question. Here's a concern that I have and I want you to either diffuse it or validate it. I feel like a lot of retailers are going in to the Uke market and some of them are late to the to the dance so to speak. And what they're doing is they're putting out these really really low price point ukuleles. There's a ton of them. Um, you know, yeah. and, and a lot of them are let's make up a price, say $49.99. I don't know. And uh and what's happening is they're selling an item and they're excited about it. So they're like, well, I sold 20 ukuleles this week. But the problem with that is there's not enough money. And is it hurting the industry on the backside because They're only selling a product that is sub $100. Right. And and where are we going with this? What should they do? Should they stock more ukuleles? Should they have entry line, medium, and high end and push to more? And then also the add-ons like the stand that you're talking about and stuff like that. Because I feel like there's a lot of people that are happy that they're selling ukuleles. But truthfully, at the end of the month when you add up all your dollars... There's not a lot of dollars left right. because it's, you're not selling the $300 acoustic anymore. You're selling the $59 to $99 ukulele. What do you say?
2: Um, wow, well, there's, uh, there's a lot to consider in that. Um, okay, so I'll start with I'm a longtime fan of having your good, better, best in a store. I mean, mm-hmm. that merchandising plan still works today. Absolutely. Right? And some of th- a few times I've said during this uh, episode is your best customer is an educated customer right so i think educating your customers on the difference will help walk them up the line so you're 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 making more margin on on some better products but mm-hmm. you're right your product blend in your store can't be all low end mm-hmm. you're not going to pay your bills that way Correct. for very long right um, but it's an easy sell
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know back in the day in the 60s and 70s you could just hang guitars on the wall and they, they, you didn't have to do much to move them they were selling themselves yes. like ukuleles are yeah, yeah. But you can't continue down that road for very long, with like you said, without hurting mm-hmm. your, your profit margin. Something interesting I learned during my time at Gibson when we were dealing with Best Buy. Best Buy came to us and said, we want to be a retailer, right? Oh, yeah, I
1: remember okay. that. Okay,
2: yeah, I remember that was going on. But they, and I'm sure Guitar Center and, and, and other uh, uh, large stores are really looking at their square footage gross margin. Yeah. So this part of your store, how much does that make you a year? Mm-hmm. They know that. They have their whole store mapped out, and they can see what's really making me a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of us have enough time to do that in a day for every retailer. But, yeah, you have to consider this hook is going to make me so much money per year. This hook's going to make me so much money per year. And you have to you have to start analyzing, is that really making you profitable and successful? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if I have the the definitive answer, but... I would stick with the old rule: good, better, and best, and, and see if you can walk people up the line. Too. I'm
1: glad you're bringing that up because I feel like a lot of retailers, from the uh, talking with them, they just get a price point. They're not getting multiple price points, and so they're really doing a disservice to the to the buyer because they're not giving them the options, right. and then also to themselves because they're not giving themselves the options. And so people will walk in, and I don't know if, it's, if they're being lazy with it, and they're saying, well, I'm selling ukuleles. But they're they're selling ninety-nine dollar ukulele's. Right. What does that and really mean to your business? What the bottom line, what does it mean? You know? And what are you doing to promote that? You know, do you have a trade-in program? So, you know, if you buy a ninety and I'm making this up, you buy a ninety-nine dollar ukulele, but if you come in and buy a guitar, I'm gonna give you ninety-nine dollars back or something, right. you know. Is there some growth there? Or are we just selling them a ninety-nine dollar ukulele, getting them out of your store, and then they're going, Well, I got this ukulele? but I want a nicer one, or I want a different one. Or I they can't... didn't even
2: know they wanted a nicer one.
1: Correct. Right? Yeah.
2: Um, I would say that uh, – I kind of lost my train of thought there, but I think that knowing – okay, so I would have dealers ask me sometimes, oh, what's your cheapest whatever? I want that. Mm-hmm. And I would say, that's not what you want, <laughs> really. You want You want to know – what turns the most and what makes me the most margin? What is the most popular that way to affect my business in the most positive way? Then you get the cheap yeah, whatever. Yeah. Y- you have to have both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most salespeople, most reps out there are trying to guide dealers that way. But some are just stuck in, all right, give me eight of your cheapest whatever.
0: I'm telling you. That's happens not the a lot. way to do it. Yeah. It happens a lot. And in fact, I've actually seen the evolution of some dealers that they sold good, better, best, kinda of gravitate, get sucked down into that vortex of right. of giving you your eight cheapest and they're like, I can only sell eighty nine dollar acoustics around here. I can't sell anything more than that. Right. And then you know you always ask the question is like, How did you get there? Because no matter where you land in the United States or anywhere in, in the world, you're gonna find people that want a better guitar than an eighty nine dollar Absolutely. Guitar. And people are doing it. Yeah. They're proof of that. Yeah.
1: Right. So we need to have this conversation and we need to we need to have a a a, come, a comeback i don't mean a comeback to sell something but to help them out yeah because this is a real problem because a lot of people i think it's because they're being defeated Mm-hmm. And they're kind of throwing in the in the in the white flag and say I I surrender.
0: Maybe maybe it's also too. I mean I'm just throwing it out there. This isn't the answer. Maybe, but there are. You said Ed, your best customer is the educated customer. Well, that's a like good line. The store like owner. That. Maybe we. maybe we're I dealing actually
2: with. It. There's a there's a store back east where I'm from that used that line all the time. I don't mm-hmm. want anybody to think I came up with it. No, I totally stole that from <laughs> Sims.
0: <laughs> but maybe we have maybe. And I'm saying this respectfully. Maybe right. we have uneducated. Uh, store owners, yeah, too that they they totally. don't they're not educated in in necessarily in how to sell good, better, best. They just think I just need to sell whatever whatever anybody walks in the front. Well, because they're
1: probably used to the a customer walking in uh, because they're uneducated mm-hmm. maybe yeah. and saying what's the cheapest guitar, what's yeah. the cheapest ukulele, what's the cheapest whatever that you yeah, have, right. and they they're not equipped to say. You don't want the cheapest, you know yeah. here, let's talk about this let Let's find what what you need and and what fits your want, That's you know. Right. Um, I mean, what do you think about well, that
2: well as a, as a as a brick and mortar retail store owner it 's got to be so hard mm-hmm. to be educated at that level about all of your products in the store Absolutely. i don 't know how they do it i mm-hmm. really don 't know how they do it they 're hearing from reps from every brand that they handle every day there 's people coming in the yeah. store and they have employee issues and the, there 's cracks in the park i don 't know <laughs> how they do it right? <laughs> so uh, you know i 'm willing to give them a, a, a bit of a pass on, on not knowing uh, You know every detail and every product in their store. It would be great if they could. Um, But I I would suggest this uh, for retailers: go beyond just your sales rep when communicating with the brands that you're carrying. You know, I've been a brand manager for many years, and I loved it when retailers reached out to me. What do I do, Kevin? Give me some help. Mm -hmm. What is your top selling list? Give that to me so. Uh, I can have that and make educated buying decisions. You know, just don't mm. look because if, if if you're that guy who's just selling low end ukuleles and you look in your system, you're saying I need more low end ukuleles. But my data might show there's people around you who are killing it with mid to high end yeah, ukuleles. Absolutely. You need to be in that game. Your system mm. is not going to tell you that, mm-hmm. right? So I, I encourage retailers: reach out, get to know your product managers or your brand managers, whatever the, the you know mm. the brands are calling because. Um, we are a useful source of information, and we want to see them be successful again we 're in this together mm-hmm. um, it 's a great time at nam to to really meet with dealers um, and, and talk about that, but mostly coming to nam they 're talking with their sales reps like, yeah yeah, I do get to spend some time with a lot more retailers, but I wish I could do it more. You know what I mean and I need to do a better job mm-hmm. at that I, I, and that's i 'm taking it on as I think a lot of
1: brand managers need to do a better job at that as well. Well, I'm glad you bring that up because we talk a lot here about education, um, and we're firm believers in it because we have found that when we're educating people, then we're not—we don't have to sell them. They've sold themselves, and then our sales go up naturally because they're educated, and then they—they find what they need, and then they find out what they what they want, and and so. What can you guys do to actually get out there? Because the, there, there's a a common thread amongst reps that are on the field, and, and there's lots of negative comments. So how can you reach out to those dealers in your position to have that conversation? Um Well, one way I do it,
2: and I talked about this before, is through email. If I'm getting ready to do a product launch, which I'm getting ready to do Mm -hmm. with our our Uke stands, and then in in July we did it with our uh, Plus Series stands, I'll put a whole marketing package together. Uh, Everything you need for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I'll have images ready to go. Uh, Copy, the press release. Uh, Here's the item build master for your system. I put that whole content package together and send it out to dealers. Mm. You could just hit reply and talk to me. But usually they'll pick up the phone. Sometimes I get contacted. It's kind of funny because sometimes a dealer will get that email and think I'm their rep.
0: Yeah, okay,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kevin, I have an order for you. I pass it on to the right person. But, um, and I would, I would think that other companies are, are pretty much doing the same. Or reach out to your rep and say, I want to know who the brand manager is. I'm going to you know, go deeper with the company and, okay. and talk
1: to them. I like this That's because great. I don't uh, see it in the industry. But I like the idea. And so, what you're talking about is something that we need to encourage our brick and mortar stores to do, and that's to reach out to the brand managers Absolutely. more, leverage and have, them, have a, have a better a conversation with them, find out what's going on in their world, what's coming out, what the, what. Right. I, I would look at it: what items am I missing? These are the these are the items that I carry. What am I missing? Right.
2: Or I'm carrying these. Why don't I have the marketing assets? to advertise these along my social channels or my websites. Yeah. Hopefully they were provided up front. Maybe they were. It just yeah. got missed. But, I mean, you can, you can build upon that relationship that way. Or something that we did uh, about a year and a half ago, right? Because – and I love the whole concept of this show, and I think it's been mm. needed actually for quite some time um, – Good
1: to hear that. And I'm a fan of the show called <laughs> can, Bar Can we plug that? <laughs> yeah. hey, Ian, will you edit that and uh, we'll use that as sound
2: bites?
0: We put that out six times a day. <laughs> so I watch this show called Bar
2: Rescue. Mm. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's not the greatest shows, but the guy on there knows his stuff. And he goes in and he fixes up a bar that's failing, ready to shut their doors and i would always, I would think you know there's some music stores who need that kind of help yeah it would be great if someone could do yeah. that and remodel the store and really show everybody else here 's what you can do and, and and you know give some ideas and, and inspire people to you know to do some different things so uh what we did was we started this uh, newsletter called the retail tune up and again, we were sending out some emails to our dealers, not asking for sales, not showing them any promos. it was basically. We're gonna, because we did a lot of research. I, I, I um, subscribe to a lot of different blogs for marketing and sales and things like that. So I would collect some good data, and we would use it internally. When's the base, best time and or data post on Facebook or Instagram and Twitter? So I thought to myself, why are we hoarding this information? Mm-hmm. We need to be sharing this with our dealers. So we started sharing this information with our dealers. Yeah. We need to be doing more of that with each other. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So, um, but that's another resource that I'm sure brand managers or marcom managers at, at at companies that you're dealing with, they have that information for you and happy to share it. Hmm. You know,
1: yeah, man. I mean, my wheels are spinning. I yeah. mean, because I at, at, we're looking in the retail world, I felt like there was a glass ceiling there. We were limited on who we could talk with from a company. Right. You know, we could talk to the rep, and that was either inside rep or a field rep, and that was that was it. We never. Ex- I remember one time uh, at Nam talking to a uh, a guy who made a bass amp, and I'm not going to name the company. Um, and uh, a friend of mine who was is a smoking bass player, very very successful, went up to the guy, the designer, and says, "Man, I think you guys need to make this style of bass amp because I'm out gigging all the time." blah 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 and told him the reason why a competing company uh they do it and they're crushing it. I like your product better. You know, what what do you what do you say? And he just said baby steps. You need to just take it easy and blah blah. And we we're at the show. We we're at the winter show and he went ballistic on this guy. And and that back then I I kind of got the vibe that Guys like you are untouchable. We couldn't talk to you guys because they didn't want to talk. And and so I think breaking down that wall and actually having these conversations are very, very important because there's a lot of resources there mm-hmm. um, that we can share as a community. Oh, yeah. Um, and we should be a little more transparent. Um, I think uh, the industry is getting a lot better, but um, they're, they're still a lot of silence. There's a lack of communication between the companies and the end, end users. And there needs to be a bigger mouthpiece. There needs to be more people talking and sharing. Like you're saying, let's share with the dealers on how they can use Facebook and Twitter and all these other right. avenues. If you're strengthening them, they're coming back to you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So it's only going to strengthen you as right. well. But if you're giving it away, you will not lose. Right.
2: And, and I wanted to also communicate with dealers i'm not just here to sell you stuff yeah. that's not that's not who we yeah. are yeah right why we do what we do is not to sell things that's mm-hmm. not why i'm in this business mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's not your purpose. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I just wanted to communicate that to dealers. Like,
3: we're
0: you
2: know, we're, we're partners beyond of just selling you our products. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think that's a good man,
0: thing. Man, man, this now,
1: this, is, this is exciting.
0: This now, is good stuff. And part of that, do you feel, as the brand manager of, of Hercules, you feel like you get that same support and same thought pattern from the, from the owners above you?
2: Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, no, no doubt about it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the cool thing at KHS America is... Um, they let me do what I need to do. You know what I mean? Um, Again, I've been around so long. It's like if I'm going to (laughs) take a risk, it's not going to be a crazy risk. It'll be a pretty calculated and and thought about and measured risk. But um, I had someone say to me when I was younger, Kevin, I trust you. As long as you keep uh, our company – uh, best interests and minds, I trust you. Go do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And that was the most freeing and inspiring thing that was said to me like up until that point in my professional career. And I walked out of that office, I said, I'm never going to let him down. Yeah, Because someone trusted you that way. Absolutely. Yeah. We need to do that more with each other, I feel, instead of, um, you know, I worked for someone who was a micromanager, you, you know? Oh, wow. So, uh, that was the completely other end of the spectrum of that. It was just, telling somebody i trust you i hired you because you have your skills Mm -hmm. go do it
3: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: i think that's the best thing you can do yeah that's awesome it is so where's the industry going to be here in the next couple years you know it's funny
2: again you know we we saw articles in the last couple years guitar is dead oh yeah it's not dead you know it's not dead um in fact, some retailers probably had the best guitar year. They had that scene. Yeah, year. electric
1: guitars were way up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, acoustic
2: guitars are way up. There's, there's always going to be shifts, right? Oh, absolutely. Remember when keyboards and synths first came out? They were going to kill electric guitars too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's never going to be what it used to be. But that's, it's always been that way. Yeah. You know, it's always going to be changing. Is our market shrinking? I don't know. I think that's yet to be seen. But again, we need to cultivate... Shrinking to what? I mean, what potentially would
0: be stealing from it?
2: Game Boys. Video games. Skateboards. I mean, that's the number one competition for music. iPhones. Video games, iPhones, right? Yeah. and It's funny when Guitar Hero first came out, a lot of people were so upset about that. But I thought that's the best thing for guitar right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's getting
2: kids playing guitar again. That was that was awesome. Well,
1: ukuleles. We talked about it earlier. Ukuleles. There's an element of that that's really really good. Yeah. My fear is is have we got to the point to where now we need to kind of grow up a little bit? Meaning, mm-hmm. do we need to get them into uh, uh, secondary instruments, third right. instruments? Are we selling them a, a certain price point? And walking away and then looking for another customer when we have customers right there right um we could sell them other stuff as well um and that's that's something that i'm concerned about
2: yeah i, I agree uh well dj market's growing pro audio is doing great yeah old pro audio is not doing great but new pro audio is right <laughs> and what's the difference <laughs> well you know the companies like QSC and, and Presonus and JBL and Yamaha, they've all gone to Class D built-in power amplifiers. So Passive yeah. PA for the consumer and prosumer market is dead. I mean, the only people buying passive PA are, you know, pro touring systems. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just amazing how that shifted. You know, I have a few old power amps at home I probably can't sell for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, <laughs> it's a shame because they weren't cheap. Yeah. But uh, that's an amazing shift. That's a, that's an amazing. It, and I'm a performing musician as well. I love it. I love where new PA is gone. It's mm-hmm. great.
1: So explain the difference a little bit deeper, okay? Between the the old and the new.
2: So. So when I was first, uh, you know, performing in, in in bars and clubs, you had to have a rack of full of power amps to power your speakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had to have your outboard EQs and your compressors yeah. and your gates and your effects and another mixer, and you had all this equipment. You now basically have that all contained in software in a, in a stage box. that's oh, got gotcha. that big, okay. You know? mm-hmm. And now so powered
1: it, speakers, and they have class
2: D amps which are very lightweight, very efficient, uh, very tough. They're built into the speakers and the subwoofers, so you can carry. Uh, you know, a ten thousand watt PA in your minivan now or you wow. couldn't really before. It's Man, awesome. It's incredible. And 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 just the lighting too has changed dramatically. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I was gigging with park hands sometimes <laughs> 64s, sometimes so outside.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, July. Yeah, you know yeah. now a big old truss uh, yeah. you know full of lights. As a I just, drummer,
1: I just I, some of that stuff would just bake on me. I just oh, remember yeah. going, oh
0: my now god. Now it's like all, LEDs, it's all, all LED. Don't LED. You, even feel you it. don't feel a thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: it's great.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I'm excited to see what's next. You know, I'm, I'm a guitar player. I've been using the Line Six Helix. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. haven't used a guitar Rob, amp on Rob's a big stage. Uh, Helix. Yeah, fan, Yeah, he is too. too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I haven't used an amp on stage in probably eight years.
1: Wow,
0: man, I still remember when I was playing in a band. I think it was '99, and the uh, the uh, Line Six uh, Pod had come out mm-hmm. and it had started hitting in, and we went and played this like little club up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And I just remember we walked in, we had our AC thirties, and you know, and it wasn't a big stage. It was a nice club. It was it wasn't a big stage. And the guy goes, he's like, "Hey, here's the here's the direct boxes you guys can you know plug direct into." And we were like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> well, he, the, 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 those pods had been just kind of just now hitting right. the people were starting to use them, and I just thought that was the weirdest thing ever. Like, well, why would you why would you ever? take an amp off the stage right like why would you not want to hear that on the stage i know yeah Yeah, and and this dude's looking at us like you can put those amps away just put you can plug your pods into here i was like well we don't even have first of all we don't have those Mm. but second of all why would you want to do that now it's crazy you mean you hear killer guitar tones coming out of the front of the house, and you realize there ain't a single amp on stage? Nope,
1: yeah,
2: nope. So I mean, there's nothing like having a Marshall stack roaring behind you. I get that's that; right. that's an awesome experience. Well, with your
0: Line Six Helix, you got twelve of them. I'm mm-hmm. set up in twenty minutes. It's great. <laughs> yeah, what what Rob say? He says he makes his the lead singer jealous. He sets up so fast.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <Right>? that's awesome. <laughs> well, let's talk about. Uh, we're going to wind down here. Uh, let's talk about. The music stores that are listening and, like I said, watching. And we've got a a number of dealers that are small, medium, and large. Talk to those. What should some of the, and and go up the chain, what should some of the small guys look to product wise to you? Uh, um, You know, what should they call and say, this is what I need for my store?
2: Well, first off, I would I would talk to the rep and 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 get a copy of my latest uh, Hercules sales report. I, I update that twice a year, and it's by category who my top sellers are. Okay, okay. gotcha. Um, and that's probably something every brand manager or product manager has available. That mm-hmm. is a great tool to use. I, I suggest that for any small, large, medium sized mega store. It doesn't matter. Knowing that information is so useful. Um, but a small story, you don't have to carry you know, 24 guitar stands deep in stock, but carry the, you know, all my number one SKUs. is kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Gotcha. And plus, if, if you're a guitar specialty store, don't be afraid of, to carry not only my brand, but anybody's brand's tablet holders, cell phone holders. Every single customer who walks into every single store has a cell phone. Right? Everybody's a potential customer
1: walking through that door. Yeah, so there's products that they need to look at that they don't currently carry Correct, that might open up a whole new uh, customer base. Talk to your
2: rep and say, look, I want to go a little bit deeper into the product line. What should I get?
1: They'll have good suggestions. They want
2: to see you be successful, too. You know what I mean? Uh, Our mic stands have been doing great. Um, Again, uh, the DJ market has been growing for us. We have laptop stands, device holders. We went to the DJ Expo in, in August. For the first time, and uh, what I love working events with consumers is just the people that come up. Oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. I love yeah. your stuff. Yeah, I'll I'll listen to that all day long. Yeah, man. it's sure, great. Sure. So the DJ market—that was the first time we really did a DJ specific mm-hmm. show, and they were so happy to see us.
0: It was great. So okay, awesome. very cool. Yeah, growing in new areas. Yes, absolutely. Yeah,
2: we're going to continue to do that in 2020. We have plenty of new products coming out okay. all year.
1: Anything you want to bring up that we didn't bring up? Anything you want to share? No, I think we covered so
2: much I mean, we, today. I right. love it. Listen, yeah. have me back anytime. I love yeah. this. We totally will. This.
1: I mean, we we kind of went on a few bunny trails, yeah. but they were they were good. I liked it because no, I like great. talking about industry. Yeah. Yeah. I love me too. talking about substance, um, and so I I enjoy that thoroughly. Can, uh, I was going to say
0: you want to give all of your information where people can reach out to you. Sure. Or not Um, specifically you, but whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: give them your home phone
2: number (laughs) while you're at it. (laughs) Your birthday. Uh, HerculesStands.com on the internet. uh, We have YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, or KHS America is is our uh, you know our mother uh, and name company. some
1: of the brands that you guys have. You got Mapex, you right. got Jupiter
2: Mapex drums, Jupiter Band Instruments. We have Altus flutes, EXO professional brass, uh, Sonar drums, Honer harmonicas, Honer accordions, HMNs mariachi instruments. We have Honor guitars. I'm leaving out some they're oh, going to be so You bad. guys got a
1: lot of stuff. They need to yeah. just go to your webpage right?
2: Right. Yeah. You can go to khs-america.com. All okay. of our uh, brands are listed there, but we've KHS has been a brand for a long, long, long yeah. time. Yeah, it's
1: an awesome place. I love I've been out there several times. I right. just like walking around. There's guitars, there's drums, which I'm a drummer. We're, so, we're all musicians. so I love we're all, it. Know, I just love walking around. That's our around. industry. We're all bunch right. of gearheads. No, it's you know? awesome. Yeah, I, It's awesome.
0: All right. Very cool. Man, I we'll think that's it. Yeah, 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 man. We all appreciate right. it. Anybody? Thank you so much. Yeah, obviously, uh, people can check out this episode at themusicretailshow.com and all other past episodes that we've referenced, especially yeah. the one that Kevin loved that love we just your put last out. Yep. Yeah, Thanks. last episode. And of course, if you want to send any hate mail to Richard for yeah. talking about jumbo guitars, I need some. Uh, yeah, you can go to <laughs> the music mail. retail show at gmail.com <laughs> attention, and <laughs> and <laughs> attention Richard. attention <laughs> richard uh yeah so anything uh anything you want to say there we appreciate it but uh as always uh, any way you can support the show we'd appreciate yep. it so kevin man, thank you we thank you, appreciate kevin. you man yep yep thank you Thanks. for having me yeah all right a pleasure own a music store or sell guitars online need more inventory to stay competitive in today's market MIRC is the nation's largest wholesaler of quality used guitars. Visit www.mircweb.com
2: to become a dealer today. Thanks for listening to the Music Retail Show.